Well, I am glad that your internet is working and that you could hop in and watch the Open Life online service this week. I don't know about you, but this has been a tiring week uh, where a lot of anxiety has flared in the community. And when we've been talking in a series called Ahead about rapids in our lives, we're right in the midst of those rapids in our community. And I just want to let you know we've been praying for you. And this thought today that we're diving into is strongly an encouraging word, not only for you, but those you've been praying for around you that have been facing just some crazy life that is overwhelming right now. And that's why we've been in this series. Not that we knew we were going to have crazy smoke or fires or winds, um, power outages, delayed school starts. All these things have come. We said we knew the fall was going to have rapids, but little did we know that it was going to be like class four crazy rapids that we were going to be inside of the largest fires ever in the state of Washington and the whole West Coast. And, and you look at that in life can be overwhelming. So how do we press in, lean in to our faith and find that peace and hope that helps us get through it even when anxiety is rising, worry is easy to have, concern, not only for ourselves, but for others. Uh, and that's what this whole all in together ahead mindset and, and, and the reality that we ha have to move ahead, that's what this whole talk is about, this whole series is about. Uh, interesting enough, and we're drawing these parallels between a whitewater rafting trip that I was on and the gospel and just really all these passages Jesus refers to. He used water as an illustration a lot, like a physical lesson in the water he used a lot. He called Peter to follow him, or, or actually he called, he, he called him to follow him with a catch of fish after teaching in his boat on the water and he caught the massive catch of fish and right there in the water he was called to become a fisher of men and uh, uh, he used the water and the fish in it and every element of it as a lesson um <laughs> who can forget that he calmed the storm uh, and today we're going to look at the fact that he walked on water and some of the elements around that and what we can glean as insights as it involves um, uh, our faith and the seasons we're in right now. What can we do? What opportunities exist here to, to bind together and move ahead? And uh, let me set the scene before I, I share the whole deal about Jesus walking on the water. Uh, first, he was staying back and praying and he sent his disciples ahead out on the water to, uh, to go to the other side. And they were like, okay, we're leaving Jesus behind. He's going to get alone and pray. He's been doing that. That wasn't abnormal. But when they get out not far off from the shore, a storm arises and the waves are buffeting against them. And, and Jesus makes his way to them on the water, walking on the water. They thought it was a ghost. They began to uh, uh, freak out as we're going to see in a second. 
uh, they were getting roughed up by the wind and that's when Jesus shows up. So let me just jump into Matthew 14, 25 and, and, and that kind of sets where they're at. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. Now we've preached on that a few times, right? I don't know if Peter really wanted Jesus to say yes. It's one of those, well, I'll have the faith to do it. Okay, do it. Uh shoot, right? And uh, so that's where Peter finds himself. So it says, so Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. They were in awe. They were blown away. And they were worshiping Jesus. It was a celebration, right? They're both back in the boat. I have to wonder if Peter was sitting there going, I walked on water. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? He did walk on the water a little before he sank. There are two people walked on the water, Peter and Jesus. What a story to tell. And so Peter uh, was saved instantly, immediately by Jesus. You want to know why? Because we know the character of God. It's shared in Luke 19, 10, when he says, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. When you're lost overboard, Jesus is going to seek and save you. And that's where our big idea comes from. Jesus is always reaching out to save the lost. He's always reaching. He's still right now reaching out through you and me to save those who are lost in the world today. Jaden last week uh, walked through the equipment God has given us to to really be in a defensive role, right? He talked about the reality that if we stand our ground, right? If we come together, all these shields together, and, and, and our, then our, we're impenetrable. It's like the enemy can shoot fiery darts at us and cannot defeat us if we're united. But if we go out on our own, we're in danger, right? Uh, Jesus said, no weapon is formed against you that will prosper. And the reality of that is you and I can stand firm and confident and trust in God that no matter what happens to us in this world, we have victory if we have faith in Jesus. And he mentioned that there's one offensive weapon and, and that weapon being the sword, right? We, we have opportunity. Eventually, you're going to have to advance. You can't just stand there forever. You're going to have to make or take new ground. And uh, that's what we're talking about here in this series. In order to move ahead, we have to have the tools. And the tool that we have in, in the rapids to move ahead is a paddle. It's a paddle. 
the act of saving, just like Jesus says here, the act of saving requires all of us to move ahead. We can't just stand our ground because we're going to have to move ahead to save somebody. We're going to have to move to the side of the river if somebody goes over to save them. We're, we're going to have to move in order to save because the current, it continues to flow. Man, on the river, um, it's very similar to, to the gospel stories, right? Who can beat that visual out of their head of Jaden last week with the uh, vest and the, and the paddle and uh, the helmet? It was awesome. And uh, there were some good memes on Instagram about that. So anyway, go find those. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, the helmet, the, the, the raft, the vest, these are all things that defended uh, defend us when we're on the rapids. But the paddle, this thing, this, this tool, the, when you're whitewater rafting, this is your offense. This is what makes you go somewhere. And uh, there would be a time to go ahead, right? You can't just sit there. In fact, there's parts of the river that are very still. And, and in those calm spots, you even have to, to move down river or you'll just sit there forever and that's not the way to live so you know we reach we we reach for the paddle and not only that you would have to reach out to save people that were in the water and and when you're sitting on a tube you sit up on the edge we're not down in the rafting tube we're up on the edge with our feet tucked under the circular part of the tube and uh, this paddle is the only thing that could get down to somebody in the water. And I'll talk about that more in a second because the paddle's for more than paddling. In fact, I want to look at some things regarding the paddle that I think will be handy for your faith. Thought one, when the waves come, we dig. We dig. I mentioned this in the first talk. And if you haven't listened to this series, go back, listen, watch, catch yourself up because you need to understand these elements. Uh, some may think that you don't need to paddle on a river because there's such strong currents. We were on a class three and four river in the Clackamas. It's, it's fast. And uh, you might think, man, you're just going to go down that thing and all is good if you're inside the protection of the raft. But no, you, you have to paddle or you'll get in dangerous currents. Without paddling at times, you put yourself at the mercy of the current, and that can place you in very strong danger. Okay, I could just veer off the talk right now. That'll, that'll preach, and I don't say that very often, but you could just drive this home because it's dangerous to just go with the flow at times. You can get yourself in life or death situations we can get caught up in all kinds of rumor and misguided uh, intentions, and we can find ourselves in harm way if we don't play a little bit of offense to get ourselves in the right current. Lots of currents tugging at us on any given river. It only takes two inches of water. We were warned when we got in the tube or the raft we were warned it only takes two inches of water for you to drown in because of the pressure of the river coming over the top of you. Two inches could be a life or death scenario. So the best way <laughs> that you can be saved 
in, in, is to stay in the boat, right? And the way you do that, oftentimes during the course of a rafting trip, is to dig. That's when you would hear the guide say, dig, dig, dig. And he would get all of us, all of those on the left, all of those on the right, we're paddling together in unison to go to the safest current of the river. Uh, I, I remember when I was a new follower of Jesus and I would share my testimony for people. And, and my story is one that, that I was at rock bottom and Jesus came and and found me in that space. I was very far from God. I posed those of the faith. And um, so it was a lost and found story. And I would tell the depths of my sin and how God can even forgive those that were the worst of sinners like me. And I would tell that story and it would be an encouragement to so many in the room. But I, after telling my story a few times, uh, found people would come up and go, man, I just don't have a story like yours. And we'd be encouraging everybody to share like their relationship with Jesus. And some would go, but my story's not as good as yours. And I started realizing something after I was told uh, by, by, I was on this choir tour and I was sharing my testimony to all the choir members there. And the guitar player was there and he came and explained how it was stories like mine that inspired him to go get a testimony. I'm not kidding. He went out and he got a testimony, which means he went out and purposefully, intentionally started living sinfully, started making choices that were self-destructive and picking up all the baggage that that entailed. And, and, and he found himself in a situation where he was in currents that were self-destructive that he couldn't get out of when his full intention initially was just to have a story to tell. And it was after that, that I've never told my story again without sharing the best story. I challenge people, man, you might think that you don't have a story like mine where you've sinned and just been so far from God and that therefore you don't have a story. Let me tell you, the best story is to remain in your faith. The safest spot on a river is to remain in the tube, in the raft, right? You don't want to fall into the water. That's the most dangerous place to be. So don't jump overboard on purpose. And I think sometimes people try to get a story or manufacture up a story and they put themselves in a place of risk and they stop using their paddle. They stop using their faith and they get in dangerous, compromising, not smart, careless, often it costs people's lives. And I don't want that for you. I want you to learn how to dig. I want you to learn how to use this tool to stay in the raft, stay up on that ledge and paddle so that all of you can stay in, that you have a good point of view of what's coming ahead. Every movement on the river, every movement on the river required this thing. Uh, rarely did we just let the river take its course and lift our paddles. We did, but it was very rare. We were pushing off something. We were paddling. This thing was in constant activity, and we did not want to let go of it. Even if we fell in, it floats, right? And it can stop you, and you can use it as a, as a pick or something. So we just like, the reality is, the paddle, we could slow down, speed up, back up at times because we'd get spun around. Movement took paddle.
And, uh, and so it takes all of us paddling, digging to the best of our ability. And most often when the water got rough, you see the water kind of getting white and bubbly. And when it got rough, that's when we heard the guide say, dig, dig, dig. And, and he just knew right where to put us in the river as long as we got there and did what he was telling us to do to drive our paddles deep and hard into the water. Dig that paddle deep and hard so it could guide us thoroughly. So keeping our paddle active was the key to saving our lives, right? Jesus came to seek and save our lives. And one of the ways he does that is he keeps us in the raft. Together we worked to remain safe. The second thought is when people are in the water, we reach out. When people are in the water, we reach out. And this is where the painful memory of this particular rafting paddle kicks in. Look at the end of these and, and, and you can hold on to it and, and you think it's a great hold, right? But it's also a great hook. As I discovered, we, I mentioned in one of the first weeks of the talk that there was this portion of the river that swirled and actually the currents, if the river was at the right height, would, would swirl you downward. So uh, people who rafted that river came in and implanted a ladder into a rock. They like drilled holes and hammered in these, these ladders to, uh, to, to where you, if you're getting sucked down, you don't try to swim out because you're not as strong as the current. You reach out and you grab that ladder and you pull yourself up. Well, as we're approaching this part and he says, that's it up there, you know, so we want to get over there. So dig, dig, dig. And our guide has us digging and we're digging and sure enough, we did not dig hard enough and we're getting pulled over towards that spot that you warned us about. Fear is super high in all of our minds. I dug in so big on the side and when our raft hit a rock and went sideways, somehow I was like on top of the side of the raft. I did not fall into the water, but I was the only one besides the guide that did not fall into the water. So here I am balancing on top of this raft and I feel something incredibly painful on my left leg thigh. My friend who I've mentioned was across the raft from me, Trevor, uh, decided when he was going overboard that the best way to get himself back up or to keep himself from falling all the way into the swirly water of death was to take this tea and he tried to catch me with it. What that ended up happening was it dug into my upper thigh and all the way down to my knee before it stopped. This little part right here. And that caught my attention so much so that his idea worked. By the time <laughs> this thing got to my knee, I was able to grab it and he was holding on to the other side and I was able to pull Trevor back in to the raft. The raft tips back down. We're now floating kind of in the swirl and the rest of my graduating seniors on this raft trip with me. I'm trying to count heads and see if I've lost any to the depth of the death swirl, right? And uh, what do we do? The, the guide immediately says, reach out with your paddle. And so we would grab this and we would reach out with our paddle into the water. And one after another, we began to pull each other back 
into the raft. That's what we do when people go in the water. We reach out. When people are lost, we reach out. I had the worst bruise I think I've ever had in my life on my inner thigh of my left leg. And uh, I will never forget this type of a paddle because of that moment. But it made for a great tool. And it made for a phenomenal way of reaching people that were maybe farther off than I thought I personally could reach. I couldn't have reached them with my hand. And I think the gospel's like that. Sometimes we see people in our life that need hope, that need healing, that need freedom, that need breakthrough out of anxiety or fear or worry. And we think, but I don't have what it takes to reach out to them. I don't have what it takes to, to put peace back in their heart. And you're right. You don't have what is needed, but you have the tool that can reach them. And that's the gospel. You have the Holy Spirit in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit alive in you, giving you the words to say, giving you the thoughts to think. And the moment when you see somebody who's lost, Jesus is counting on using you as a follower of Jesus to reach out and save those who are lost. It doesn't matter if you feel you can or not. The reality is you can. You have this in your hands. The gospel's in your hands. And God wants you to share it and to reach out with it because it will pull people back into living and living life to the full. The role of every follower of Jesus is to follow the example of Jesus and reach out and grab those who are lost around us. Jesus is still reaching lost people through you, through me. This week put so many people in a place of anxiety. I uh, saw so many posts in our neighborhood's Facebook group of just those who were incredibly worried as to whether they would have to evacuate and what they would take and were processing things that hopefully in your lifetime you would never have to process. And some of you had to evacuate and the worry, will we make it out? Will our stuff be okay? And uh, we we're praying for you because that's something that is traumatic. But you have the tools to overcome that and to breathe hope and life back into that. People were sinking in confusion. Uh, it's a time like we've really never faced before at all. And you have what it needs for somebody else to have hope again or peace again or comfort again, and that's the gospel. Uh, we can't leave people in harm's way. We can't leave them in the water and say, well, we'll catch them at the bottom of the river if they make it. No, 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 right now, we need to reach out. We need to touch the lives of those who are in need of hope, peace, love. We have the paddle of the gospel on our side. The gospel was never meant. You know what? Would it be horrible if somebody's in the water and I blame them for being in the water <laughs> and I'm up on the side of the, the raft going, look at you you're a sinner, you're in the water, you're all wet, you were never intended, you're supposed to remain up here. So now I'm gonna use this and I'm gonna beat you with it. Uh, the gospel wasn't meant to be a weapon, right? We're not supposed to know the truth of scripture so that we could pound it over people's heads. You know what will help? Is if you serve people with it. 
if you reach out in love and you save their life, and then you can guide them. Hey, next time when we get in this situation, this is what we need to do to not become lost. Wow, I could go on that tangent forever, but let me give you thought three. We need to celebrate your saves. Celebrate your saves. Everyone in the boat with Jesus said, uh, you know, you really are the son of God. When Peter was rescued, when he was back in the boat, and when Jesus got back in the boat after going overboard, right? Just like on the rapids, when they got into the boat, they were like, Jesus, you are the son of God. And they celebrated uh, with that confession. And Luke 15, 10 has something interesting to say. It says, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. We need to celebrate when someone finds hope in Jesus. In fact, we need to celebrate when somebody helps somebody find hope in Jesus. And that's exactly what we would do on the raft. There was this thing that, you know, we wouldn't like set our, our uh, oars down or paddles down and like high five each other, give each other, you know, 10 or anything because that would be dumb and we would be susceptible to the currents. What we would do is we would paddle and he would say high five and we would go boom and we would hit our paddles uh, together right up in the air, right in the middle. And then we're back to paddling. And I think of that and, and go, man, we, we need to celebrate. In fact, the biggest celebration was when we got to our final stop and we get on the shore and we're like, we're alive, right? It was this moment of celebration. We need to celebrate when we're safe and when others are safe and when we all make it. And we should probably mourn when those don't make it, just like we would on a river. I can't even imagine on a graduation celebration trip on a river, if those guys that fell out of that boat, if any of them would not have made it back in the boat, I can't fathom the regret and remorse and sorrow I would have walked through. And uh, I, I just think we need to have that same heart. So we need to celebrate those who get saved. That's what water baptism is all about. That's why Open Life has a vision to baptize 552 people in the next 10 years. We want to celebrate like no other and create, create such a ruckus as this community finds and follows Jesus so that they again have hope and peace and love and life once again. Okay, action point. I could go on forever on this. Reach out to save those who are lost. We need to reach out to save those who are lost. I hope you are hungry to reach out your paddle. That this is just going, okay, I can do this. I've got the tools with the gospel, with Jesus, with the hope of life in Jesus. I've got everything. It doesn't matter if I can't reach them. I've got a paddle. And I know we handed out these tokens at our last outdoor service, and we were hoping to hand them out again at our next outdoor service. We'll still have these around, but this is in my pencil holder just reminding me that I can do this, that I have the tools it, I need to reach out to those who need hope. We can offer ourselves. There's opportunities this week to serve alongside a school project that the principals and I brainstormed about of how we could restock food in the community through a fill the fridge campaign. You'll see that on social media and the app. But I'm just trying to help the community come together, rally around. We've delivered hundreds of soup uh, 
jars to the, the soup ladies who've been feeding firefighters on the front lines. They've given out over 20,000 bowls of soup. Uh, and they're right here in Buckley. What an incredible organization. And, and I know you've been thinking of ways to serve those who are just anxious and they're worried. And we've got what they need. If we reach out with the gospel, hope will come into our city. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to tangibly reach out in a way of service in our community with different ideas that come to our mind. But Lord, right now I'm thinking of the gospel, the thing that can give life and can breathe fresh life into people. And we might not feel like we have the, the reach we need to touch the lives of those who need hope right now, but the gospel can reach. It's the paddle of our faith, if you would. You go way beyond what we can do and you touch the hearts of people's lives when they hear the message of hope and trust and faith and life in Jesus. So God, I pray that you would rise up within us the courage to reach out to the lost around us and help rescue them, help save them. And I pray that you would help us to be a church that celebrates those moments like never before. God, use us as avenues of breathing encouragement in our community right now in a time where people are worried and anxious like never before. Help us be the carriers of hope and may we reach out with it in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe in you. I can't wait to hear the stories of how you're reaching out this week. Do share. We love you guys and we will see you this next Sunday.